This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week we have got ourselves an extra special guest. Uh, we have got the lovely Helen Turner with us, but not just any Helen Turner, it's Helen Turner Coho. So, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's what her Zoom says. That's what it says. That's what her Zoom says. Uh, so yeah. I'm just going to hand straight over to you, Helen Turner Coho, um, as you can tell us all about you and how you ended up on Property Jam. Thank you, Niall, for the lovely introduction. And yes, just to explain the Hella Turner Coho, um, I've adopted Coho, obviously, as um, part of my name because um, Helen Turner itself is not the most exciting. There's probably a gazillion of, of us in the world. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that kind of helps people identify me for the company that I'm actually working with. Um, but yes, um, Coho, what is Coho? Um, it's a property and tenant management software. Um, so we um, target HMO um, as a sector. Um, so it's the only software that actually works really well for um, HMOs. It's been built and designed for HMOs, but um, I also am working on the very exciting um, HMO awards that we're organizing for September. Oh, wow. Gosh, that's exciting. Cool. So are you a landlord yourself or have you literally just sort of come in sort of through the prop tech route? Is that kind of been your, your journey? Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked me if I'd ever lived in a HMO and <laughs> at the time I actually, I forgot that I had as a student and I said, no, never, you know, it's just been such a long time ago that it never occurred to me, but uh, <laughs> besides being a student and living in HMOs and um, that kind of limits my, expe- uh, my experience, but um so the thing is, you... I do actually. Sorry, I was, was just going to like just to finish off. You know, the yeah. thing is, I live and breathe HMOs now. I talk <laughs> everybody that I talk to is, you know, um, a property investor, a property manager, an agency, or a landlord. So, you know, um, hopefully, a lot of that has actually been absorbed and soaked in. So I can hopefully talk the talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you end up in that sector? Then, how did you end up in? Work, are working with Coho? Yeah, oh God, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go back in my history. Oh, all the way. Uh, Let's go back to all the, the way. Before. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, my, my background is marketing. Right. Um, and um, I started my career um, after university, I would say. I mean, there's a bit more history beyond that. But I think the most interesting thing is that when I started working um, for a mortgage advisor, um, it was quite big. We had like, um, you know, 150 people in in the group and um, I was marketing manager there and you know started um, you know that was kind of kind of property and lending and finance and then um, at some point um, a lot fast forward a lot a lot of years you know um, I ended up working for a fintech company um, that was also related to mortgages and this is narrowing narrowing my path towards um, buy to let lending um and um it was really just the excitement of working in a startup environment for a tech company i absolutely loved it i was encouraged to wear so many hats and um just to understand kind of the whole life cycle of um and the different elements involved in kind of a startup and you know 
getting that first market traction and um, you know taking them to a point where they could scale um, and at some point I said to myself well yeah actually I remember a very clear um, moment where my marketing abilities kind of um, stretched over to sales um, I was kind of well I volunteered to deal with a particular um, client that had given us a really really bad review um, on Trustpilot and uh, so I decided to give him a call and um, after telling him how much I cared and you know how much it really mattered that you know he was happy and apologizing blah blah anyway at the end of it he turned that Trustpilot review from a one-star review to a five-star review and I was like shit man I can sell (laughs) (laughs) so at that point um I kind of started thinking about sort of more the commercial side um of business and um I felt that I had um really taken this particular startup to the point where they were ready to scale we were looking at hiring a whole c-suite and we had you know some major investors involved now um and um, I said, well, I'll go out and do some consulting and help other tech focused startups um, because a lot of the founders kind of don't necessarily, you know, they may, may be developers, they may be product people, but don't have the sales or marketing abilities. And, you know, with my background, I kind of had the two in one thing. So um, started consulting for a few. And it just so happened that, you know, prop tech obviously is a really exciting um, environment at the moment. It's some something where, you know, there's been a lot of kind of um, newcomers that have come to disrupt the space. Um, and from one particular contract, I ended up speaking to um, Van about a particular uh, potential partnership, spoke to him. He was he decided to go for a walk and walk his dog you know, yelling at his dog to come back. And, you know, we just got on really well. We were talking about kind of business in general and, you know, business startup, the environment, um, you know, for the property market. And then he told me about his, you know, amazing story about how he wants to change the world and you know I kind of lapped it all up <laughs> and said, well, I, I want to be a part of it so that that's how it started um started consulting for a bit but then at some point I said well you know I've got, I'm juggling three or four different contracts at the same time it's making me a bit crazy I'd really like I think I'm ready to kind of you know um go Come all in. in with one really um it was the one that kind of showed the most promising um I think potential and um uh, yeah I'm really glad and that happened in January last year and you know it's the team has grown from sort of four co-founders um to about I would say about 15 of us now so yeah it's been brilliant wow and now you've reached the peak of it being on property jam I mean it doesn't get any better that's it that's (laughs) it arrived babe you've absolutely arrived (laughs) (laughs) I'm enjoying it (laughs) That's great. And for those uh, listeners who wonder who Van is, that was uh, Van Rogstad, who uh, fe- featured, I can't remember what number episode it was, but when we, it was actually an episode all around prop tech. And yep. uh, for those listeners who can't quite remember the content of that particular episode, that was when, let's go back and <laughs> go back and see it or listen to it and listen out for um, Van's reference to asphyxia wank. The first time the term asphyxia wank has ever been mentioned on Property Jam. So that's your business colleague. First and last. <laughs> Until until today. Until today. So if you can shoehorn Asphyxi Wank into this podcast at any point, Helen, 
you know, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> I'm going to have to try really hard. It's just not in my vocabulary. <laughs> in any I don't even know if I can say it. <laughs> it's very challenging. Yeah, you know, it takes a lot to shock me, but I was a bit, you know, when you're just not ready for a response and you're like, okay. <laughs> it was ep- episode 75, Prop Tech and How to Ruin Your Mum's Christmas. That was it. There was there a lot in that episode. Yeah, I remember. Amazing. So. Wow. So I didn't okay. realize it was that long ago, but there we I go. I know, 75. It feels like ages ago, isn't it? Um, so here's a question. Like when you um now that you've kind of been sort of involved in property in obviously a very prop tech way, um, and obviously, you know, in, with your background with um helping out in the broker firm, has it tempted you to kind of get into property yourself or has it actually put you off? Well, no, absolutely. Because you know, I see all the areas where you know people are perhaps not taking advantage of or optimizing um, opportunities um, Mm. because I do speak to so many people so I can see people who are investing in property in so many different ways lots of educators obviously like like Matt and Niall and um, yes I'm exposed to the whole spectrum and I see it done badly as well Um, you know when it is done badly you know hopefully um, it's something that we can help with um, where there's all, there's always room for improvement but absolutely yeah I mean at the moment at the moment all my money is uh, you know tied up in into trying to make a startup work um, but yeah um, absolutely I think it's I believe in it yeah and I see a lot of success in it great well there you go she's she's primed boys she's ready I'm going to get my coho payout <laughs> yeah you don't need- don't worry, you don't need your own money to invest. That's true, actually. Yeah. You don't absolutely. need your own money. Yeah. You need a bit of time, though, I would say. <laughs> a bit of time. A bit. You need a bit, one, one or the other, really. A, a little bit of time, a little bit of money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two, big, two biggest issues that people say, generally, is that I don't have time to do it. I've got this money sitting in the bank. I just don't have time to go and invest it. Or so I've got, yeah, don't have any money very little money but I've got a bit of time I can go and do the work so all you need is uh say so go find a, a friend who's got time and money and there you go <laughs> just yeah, you. yeah so I mean I'm a bit bummed at the moment because I don't have either of those so <laughs> yeah it will happen though I'm almost certain it will happen you know um it's yeah definitely of major interest to me for the future oh that's exciting i think it would be an absolute shame if you didn't (laughs) given how involved you are in it (laughs) yeah absolutely that's it Uh, gotta take advantage of the people that i'm surrounded by as well yeah don't take advantage of leverage babe it's leverage 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 yeah leverage your network leverage your network yeah yeah sorry just rinse their brains like yeah (laughs) Yeah, so um so, so a question we always ask our, our guests when they come on is um uh is this one well, what does the human side of property mean to you the human side i think you know it's mostly about human isn't it property at the end of the day people get so fixated by um bricks and mortar and you know numbers and finance and you know so forth but actually um where i've seen a lot of success is when it's recognized that um it's a service done by humans humans um basically the the entire industry so you know um yeah a lot of the conversations that i have yes people do talk about their issues and it's always about managing people um you know trying to um yeah have ways to help um manage people's tasks people's 
you know, jobs that are surrounded by um, the property um, on a daily basis and then tenants as well. And I feel like if you recognize that from the very early stages and you um, coordinate your um, strategy around the human side, then, you know, it's just going to be a, a lot smoother going forward. I love what you said about service by humans for humans. That is a really good summary, I think, of, of, of our industry that actually is not a public perspective, I would mm. argue. I think often that human element is, mm. is kind of misperceived. I, th I think it's, you've got different humans thinking different things or you've got the, mm. the, the the people providing the service forgetting that there are humans living in the service and you've got people living in the service that have forgotten that there's a human that's um, oh. owning and providing that service and these people if you just actually talk to each other um, oh. realize that they are just normal human beings and oh. not money grabbing landlords or scum tenants you know yeah we, we, yeah. which is kind of the, the kind of overarching perception that i think a lot of the world has or especially in the uk i think it's trying to cross that divide isn't it because it's, it's historically um it's always been like an us and them like a landlord and a tenant so there was never any um halfway point or any meeting point it was always the, the landlord was a big bad money grabbing landlord like matt has said and the tenants mm. were always looked down upon and you know expected to live in substandard properties because they were you know they weren't given mm. the opportunity but i think now with especially with everything that especially the communities that we're involved in and what we're doing as a, as a whole um, is, has, is impacting that and changing that. And the likes of systemizing and using coho and things like that is always helping because it helps bridge the gap. Tenants and landlords yeah. can speak to each other more frequently and more freely without having to have this massive divide in the middle. With any service, I mean, even, you know, within Coho, we are a tech company, right? So, you know, it's quite easy. And I think a lot of tech businesses probably do hide behind um, the tech, right? But, you know, anybody that knows us and has worked with the team will realise that, yes, we have the tech element that has to um, fundamentally work. It's got to provide value. It's got to help you do something, um, you know, well um, every day. But then um, I think that a lot of people that choose Coho um, have spotted us through the human element of how we market to them. We tell them about the actual tangible problems that we understand them. But also what's really important to us as a business is to, you know, continue that human element all the way through their customer, their clientele. So, um, you know, the minute that they land and they become a customer, we, we recognize that they could be, you know, up at a silly time at night or, you know, um, unsociable hours. Was, um you know trying to get productive on the system um and um you know we've got to make sure that we provide a way for them to get in touch with us and tell us about the problem so that we can solve them as quickly as possible i mean i'm not suggesting that we're going to be up 24 7 but the whole team is involved with you know customer um service because a lot of landlords you know a, a lot of investors you know have like a daytime job and then they're doing their admin at night time or at weekends or whatever but um it's that relationship that we have. Like, I believe very much in um, a collaborative approach with the customer. So I think this should be applied, um, you know, to property, to all businesses anyway, but particularly in properties, because it's about humans actually living in the properties. Um, so it's really kind of like having that divide, like you said, Niall, is just not practical, is it? Because, you know, um, 
you need to be able to provide a certain element of service that will make them stick and stay and you know it's all better investment for, for everybody if, if you have that kind of relationship yeah well most definitely yeah most definitely mm. so i'm curious have you um have, have, we, have we have we just asked the question so now it's your turn to ask us a question have you come armed with a question for us this is joe's first podcast i have brain farts i have brain farts on a regular basis i was so lost in what you were saying i was like was that answering our question or was that was just general chit chat i was like oh yeah no no we did ask the human stuff so now it's your turn what, what are you going to ask us right okay right okay um i I like to ask people this question because it kind of is quite telling, I think. Um, oh, God. There's a funny side to it. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, we talk to a lot of people that um, invest money, right? Um, but say you landed a million pounds a day. Uh, my question is, um, what would you actually spend it on if you couldn't save it and you couldn't spend it on property? Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a bit restricted. And uh, Niall um, has had a lot of time to prepare, so I think he should go first. I've <laughs> <laughs> only had like an hour extra. It's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, first of all, for me, you wouldn't see me for dust. I'd disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so true. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that's, that's an inevitability. Sorry, Matt. I'll... I'll I'll just zoom in from wherever I am. That's fine. I've got a million too. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so that's the first thing I do because travel and freedom and that, that that's very high on my list of uh, values or my hierarchy of values, if you like. Um, that, that was number one. And number two, obviously, we can't invest it in property. So I put it into the next best thing. So that'd be either stocks and shares or crypto. Um, so to have the... It's, quite boring but obviously a million quid is not an awful lot of money it's not going to go uh, as it's not going to go very far basically it's not going to sustain me for the rest of my life um, especially with the type of lifestyle and travel that I want to um, live up to um, so I'd have to generate an income um, and that income if not through property would be through crypto and stocks and shares very sensible I know it's quite boring isn't it but then I it means think... I can keep traveling true yeah yeah. Uh, lady, uh, ladies first, Jay. Uh, well, it's, it's really similar answer to Niall, actually. Like, I would just go, I would hit my bucket list of travel places. Like, where have I really wanted to see that I've not seen yet? And I'd probably do them in quite quick succession, I think. So I'd take a, a big chunk of time out, um, go and hang out with my family in New Zealand. Um, what else would I do? Yeah, crypto for sure. Um, you know, this is only a world that I've only just got into recently. Um, I'm sort of testing blockchain at the moment and you know it's, it's amazing so I'm like okay so this this, wow. this works so I'd probably have a little play with that with some of my money um and I would take uh, I've said this before on the podcast but I would uh, prioritize my parents and think I would want them to give me their bucket list so that you know I can take oh. them to all the places they want to go to so my mum um she used to love the old western movies with John Wayne and that, that kind of like Rocky Mountain kind of countryside, she absolutely loves that. But she's always wanted to see the Grand Canyon in her lifetime. Um, so uh, oh. it's, it's not happened yet. I've seen the Grand Canyon in my lifetime. I would just love to just kind of fly her out. But like first class, you know, absolutely luxurious experience. She's um, in her mid 70s now. So, you know, a, an economy flight just wouldn't, you know, she just would need the full luxury experience. She'd hate the whole thing. She would feel 
like she was um, being overindulgent, but I would just love to treat her. Um, and yeah, my dad as well. My dad's a funny one, so I don't know what he'd want, but I just go with whatever his list was. Um, and I would also make sure that my brother's future care is 100% funded. So my brother oh. had a disabled brother. So a lot of my uh, money would go into his future care provision because at the moment we're uh, very reliant on what the, the system has in place to support him when my parents are no longer around. So that's a massive oh. driver for me, a okay. huge driver. The rest of it, I don't know. I'd, yeah, something philanthropic. I don't know what that is, but I would like to do something philanthropic. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe... Uh, I'm big on performance and um, building kids uh, confidence up when they're young to believe in themselves. Oh. And I think drama mm-hmm. performance is always a really great way to do that. So I might mm-hmm. sort of probably contribute money towards uh, a cause around that, I think. Oh, mm. lovely. Yeah, that's that me. a bit Man. more interesting. Oh. <laughs> so I think, I think it comes back. Boring, here. Niall. <laughs> what can I know. say? <laughs> I'll wear <laughs> that hat. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to start by leveraging um, what the guys have said about creating an income. So I think it's about dividing it up and saying, well, some of it is needs to be invested to generate an income for sustainability. And that would probably be in, um, uh, you say, the, the crypto market shares in some, something which um, you know, gives a return uh, on a regular basis. Um, if it's not property, which is the natural <laughs> the natural inclination would be to go do, use property to do that. Um, then um, I really like the idea of uh, having started to invest in some startups. I really like the idea of in, investing in um, potential. Um, oh. So investing in uh, interesting startups with interesting people. Oh, so you um, could start and, your own dragon's den. Oh, um, oh don't yeah, give Matt's, him ideas. What are you Matt's doing? Den. <laughs> Matt's den. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, thing, doing... it? exactly and also keep me out of that den oh god i'd kill him <laughs> they were so that, so that type of thing is is uh, ask, ask all the silly questions um and then moving on to more personal stuff uh one thing i really want to do is bankroll the the band so um a kind of a bit of a tour with with the, the band um to get into a stage where they get really get busy enough that actually it becomes more so self-sustainable um, oh. because um, actually creating money in the music industry is very difficult um, so which is why record labels invest millions to start a, basically in a startup person or band um, to get before they actually make any money um, so um, I could be that um, wouldn't need that much just to bankroll um, a tour and a band to, to get music out there um, and then um, coming back again closer to home more importantly is, is to make sure that uh, the you know, the kids education is um sorted and they've got every opportunity um on, on that front so oh. um, you know putting money to, to one side to pay for you know lessons education schooling um and and travel so they get up uh, you know get opportunities to to travel around again stealing from from the mm-hmm. so yeah that's in, in in a nutshell what i wrote down I'm very similar yeah oh, well, very similar. it's funny isn't it but what you hear people say and I, I think you know um family um then protect your financial future um and then traveling they're the top three things isn't it is it yours are they your top three things as well yeah absolutely um you know in very similar to all three um really um first of all yeah the education of uh 
our two daughters, I've got two two daughters aged um, nearly 11 and then one 12. Oh gosh, teenage so, years are coming. <laughs> oh, oh my God, it's been coming for years now. Uh, they are, you know, they act like they're far older than they should. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, that just knowing that with the blink of the, an eye, that time has gone so quickly. Um, I know the next 10 years is going to come very quickly. And, you know, um, if they want to go to university, that is going to cost a, a lot of money. So that, um, but also, um, I'm glad you mentioned, Matt, about investing in um, technology and startups. Um, I think that that is something that has always been very close to my heart and I've been exposed to so much of it I have quite a clear sort of idea of what I would want to invest in I mean one of them would obviously be uh, Coho <laughs> I would put money into Coho um if the opportunity came in um but definitely yeah I mean that that is I suppose yeah it's high risk or kind of you know massive returns kind of thing um that would be really interesting as well just as a, a you know being involved in kind of um, as a learning exercise for, for myself. Um, and then traveling is, would be completely major on, on my list. I mean, first of all, I'll probably treat my entire extended family, you know, on a, a nice um, holiday somewhere because we don't really ever get to go anywhere as a, as a big group. I've got, got quite a big family. I have um, three siblings and they all have children as well. Mm -hmm. um, and um Yes, I think traveling is important to me. Uh, one of the things, uh, there are some reasons why we are in England, but uh, my husband and I kind of met on the basis that um, we both really enjoyed exploring different cultures and traveling abroad. And we ended up, um, rather than spending all of our money on holidays, um, we decided to uh, live abroad. And uh, we did that for eight years um, in various countries. We um, ended up in Ethiopia for three years, Dubai for two years, Indonesia um, wow. for a few years. And um, one of the things that if I got chucked a load of money today, I would absolutely book probably a month away um, and go diving, diving and snorkeling around the um, archipelago of uh, Indonesia. Wow. Um, because very nice. I mean, I haven't been anywhere else that's just, you know, so beautiful. And the kind of undersea world is mesmerizing and just I've never seen anything like it basically you feel like a mermaid out there so I would yeah definitely do I would that would be top on my list but um definitely yeah continue to travel I haven't managed to explore South America very much um and it's something that my husband would really love to do and probably more of Africa Mm, amazing mm. oh god yes oh you're making me think about all the places I want to go so so for a similar reason like I want to do the Galapagos you know to just see the, yeah. the underwater life but also just like the the tropical wildlife you know and around the Galapagos and like oh mm. yeah I'd love that so much South America I'm right there with you and Iceland is big time on my on my bucket list yeah. which actually oh, might be happening yeah. this January or next January so yeah oh, yeah I can't wait the Northern Lights though. yeah well I've seen the Northern Lights but I saw them from an airplane window when no one else saw them yeah, it was oh, like okay. I was flying over Greenland and uh, on the way back from New Zealand and like the whole plane. Mm, it, was was, it was definitely not yeah. a in UFO. It was like literally, yeah. I, you know, when you were like, I felt like the only person is awake on the plane and I was just sort of like looking out the window and I was like, just can I, that, that, that's the Northern Lights. Oh my God, the Northern Lights are happening out my window to my left. It was insane. So like, wow. I was in the air looking at it. It was incredible. Yeah. But I'd like yeah. to see them a bit more up close and personal mm -hmm. so yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely on my bucket list to do something oh I love like it mm. I love it I love it I love it yeah. although I, I hate the cold so I'd have to find a way to do it and not get cold oh 
It's, it's called hats, gloves, and coats, and really, and really thick socks. Well, we're talking like minus like twenty degrees or something, aren't we? Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I think, yeah, I've just got images of you like a little jacket potato, like a little foil sort of like outfit I would look on. Like an Eskimo. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you look so cute. Yeah, do that. Yeah. So, that, but you see, so you've got money. You've got a million quid, so you could afford some like next level kind of. You Very know. true. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that's great. So uh, we're 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 all off travelling. Mm. <laughs> we'll cross paths. At some Great point. answers. Yeah. <laughs> Fab. So so um, uh, I think probably time for a game of episode roulette now. Yeah. So for our first time listeners and and for Helen, your benefit, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to scroll through previous episodes of uh, Property Jam, and then oh. Helen, you're going to shout stop. And with your extensive property knowledge, <laughs> we're going to ask you for your opinion on that particular episode topic. Oh, Helen, um, so um, feel free to say whatever you like. Um, oh. We'll do we we'll do we we'll do a couple of these. So I am now scrolling. So whenever you're ready, stop. So, uh, just testing, testing your if it's licensing <laughs> you need to be don't be so mean it better not be licensing no it's episode 27 the covid19 special <laughs> <laughs> why whatever they would call it the covid19 the special <laughs> that is a terrible title even comes with a warning from spotify oh my god oh, oh. wow so, uh, what how has COVID affected you, maybe? Should we twist it? Like, how is well, it? It says here, what has happened to the world? We've all gone uh, home and we're now dealing with the new normal while the CB19 virus grips the world. So what does that mean for us as investors, business owners, well, as human beings? Um, yeah. How, how, what were we thinking? <laughs> we were in lockdown um, at the time. It was madness. It was just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's a bit of no subjects nobody really want to talk wants to talk about it anymore um i i feel like <clears throat> i mean at that time i can talk about like you know what was happening to me at that time i'd i'd already started working from home so it wasn't anything new to me to be honest um so yeah i was working with several co clients on a consultancy basis and it was um not that exciting but i suppose what did change my way of thinking was just the the idea of being able to kind of find clients on LinkedIn, have them pay me lots of money, never having, you know, ever met them in person. That I found that just amazing. And around that time, um, there was a lot of hype. I was working for a company that was producing um, kind of 360 videos. <clears throat> uh, and I was trying to encourage them to kind of focus on uh, the property market um obviously it was we were talking about sort of um um all these like 360 i and giraffe and you know all of those things were popping up and it was quite interesting at the time um but it, i feel like it had a bit of it kind of like hyped and, and died now um not not many people really exploring it, those if they're not using them anymore um so yeah i mean that that was my experience around that time yeah it's, 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 I think everyone kind of experienced that so all of a sudden everything just shifted online and you were amazed at kind of the results and the impact that you could and the continued business that you could have we were the same because we'd always been real staunch about like we have to be in person to record the podcast we have to be in the studio you know it's got to be really up close and personal yeah it turns out that it doesn't need to be hence the fact we're on zoom today <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. It's, yeah. And, yeah. Have been, and have been since episode know, 27 yeah oh yeah. there you go there we go yeah great 
the majority of the podcast is recorded online. Yeah, yeah, now it has. So um, let's go again. I'm scrolling. So. Ooh, episode 31, Pressure. Ooh. So this was about, um, it was related to the pandemic, but since, um, is that how do you cope with pressure? How do I cope with pressure? Okay, well, this kind of leads me on to talking about the kind of work-life balance, I guess. Um, mm. One of my choices of coming out as a consultant and working from home, away from sort of the corporate, you know, fixed nine to five um, thing, was really um, because I've got young family and I'm still kind of main kind of daycare in terms of school drop-offs and things like that. And I realised that... <clears throat> you know, a lot of my work is out of normal hours anyway, you know, and even now, you know, I'm kind of um, getting people to come on to Coho and getting them productive at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, you know, in any other world, it would be inappropriate. You know, I've only had once, I have to say, I've only had once when I've um, tried to message somebody on Messenger at eight o'clock at night and they said, look, Helen, it's eight o'clock at night. You know, you should be spending time with your family. I felt quite bad about that. I was thinking, well, you know, they're, they're upstairs, you know, reading, getting ready to go to bed. And I just thought I'd send a quick message, <laughs> you know. So anyway, 99.9% um, .9 of the time, I've never had any sort of bad feedback. Um, but I think it's just recognising that um, it's not really a work-life balance. It's a life balance, really. You know, when you enjoy what you do, it's not work. It's not really called work. It's just how... I suppose it's how you earn your money um, to sustain your financial lifestyle. But other than that, you know, um, the work that I do, um, I feel ownership. Um, I feel self-motivated. Um, I do it because I want to. It's not because somebody's, you know, fans kind of not at my window going, Helen, why are you sitting there, you know, eating your noodles at lunchtime? My well, you should be having an assisty wank. <laughs> There. I knew we'd get it in there. <laughs> I forgot, forgot, forgot. I failed miserably. It's all right. I got you, babe. I got you. I got you. Um, but really, I think it's that. And I think that with stress, everybody um, suffers from it. I um, will admit, um, if the conversation comes up, you know, I will suffer from um, anxiety just because I'm so, I think, in, in a sense, it's not really the pressure that anybody else has given to me. It's pressure that I give myself because I really want to do more. I want to see more progress. I'm, you know, I'm highly motivated by progress. If I have a day where I feel like I've not had a productive, you know, conversation or something that's been really yeah, a gem every day, I go to bed feeling bad. And that's why sometimes, you know, I'm up until 11 o'clock thinking, right, I'm just going to get this one more, one more good conversation in this one more, you know, thing into the calendar. Um, but that's a personality thing. I'm highly competitive. So I think that kind of comes with it. But what's important is that I now, as I'm older, I recognize it a lot easier. So when I have that feeling, that knot in my tummy, you know, I kind of make myself stop and think, right, you know, you're doing this to yourself. Nobody's giving that pressure. You know, what happens if you choose not to do it? And, and I recognize that everything is about choice, right? Um, things are not absolutely urgent and critical um and that's yeah that's how I deal just have this like yeah got angel and devil on both sides and you know they're, they're constantly battling I have to say that's the reality of my world 
um i've got a family you know to feel guilty about i've got like things work that i want to get done to feel guilty about um but um yeah i try i try my best to kind of just look from the outside in it's really honest i love that yeah yeah. Amazing. yeah i think we can all relate to that can't we boys very much so 100 percent Mm. <laughs> apart, apart from the kids bit everything else i get <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah you got no you, you got no no excuse then niall <laughs> no no i don't have a life basically though. that's it yeah <laughs> that's nonsense because every time i try and invite you out you're like oh no i'm doing this or i'm doing that i'm like in i'm out somewhere i'm at somewhere i'm away doing i said for goodness sake <laughs> the joys of not having children <laughs> i have a social life <laughs> Okay, well, I, I think we, we've uh, come to our end of our time together uh, today, Helen. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you um, to be messaged at 10 o'clock at night, how will they do that? <laughs> Please don't. I'm not on purpose. Unless I get to you, <laughs> then it's an open invitation. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I would say that Facebook um, is a good place to start. Helen Turner Coho, so that you remember. Um, and LinkedIn, I'm also very active on there. So, yeah, um, they're probably the best two places to get in touch with me. Fab. Perfect. Um, and go check out coho.life. Yes, well. please do. Of course. Fab. So, uh, that'll be a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. That's a goodbye from me. And me, then. <laughs> jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on, on the next, next episode, episode.